This is a call to those who want incredible success, but do not necessarily want to get filthy rich. You want to help others, be purposeful, and enjoy all life has to offer. Welcome to the Inbound Marketing Revolution. This is Dow of Inbound with Ion Garlic. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dow of Inbound. This is Ian Garlic, and today we're talking with an attorney. But before you stop, he's doing a lot of other awesome stuff, but was <laughs> a super incredibly powerful litigator. Uh, corporate attorney has helped all sizes of businesses in all sorts of issues, but then realized that you know he has other passions and is now helping small and medium-sized businesses really get in tune with how businesses should be run. Um, our guest also today has 2.75 dogs, which I'm guessing I know what that means. Uh, but Elliot, Elliot Wagenheim, and, and did I say your name correctly? Yes, you did. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I thought I did. Uh, Elliot, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really, I'm really psyched for our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking a little bit before about working with attorneys and you know i have attorneys that are listening and most of the attorneys that are listening are good marketers because and that's why they're listening uh they realize that marketing is their business but how, when did you realize that hey i'm great at being an attorney but i want to go do something else well i'll i'll tell you it's um and i apologize for this in advance because it's a bit of a longer answer but um I there was a I don't know whether you ever heard of the author named Dean Koontz. Oh, He's yeah. like Stephen King light. But um, anyway, he has a character that has this mantra that that was don't lie to the dog. Mm-hmm. And what that means is people lie every day about anything, you know, and they don't have to be malicious lies. Sometimes they're just, you know, I feel great, you know, when you're actually under the weather or business is terrific when in reality you're worried about making payroll. But this particular character um, came to believe that when it was just him and the dog, dog's not going to tell anybody. And he was having these conversations with himself that every one of us has. He couldn't lie. Well, anyway, I had my don't lie to the dog moment uh, about six years ago. It was around um, uh, Christmas holidays in 2009, and I was walking the dog. And so my cell phone is on the island in the kitchen. My wife... Um, knows where I am. I have no chores to do because I'm doing one. And it's just me and the dog. And I had finished my forecast for my law firm saying that I wanted to increase business the next year, that was 2010, by 10%. And I don't know where I got the number. I just decided on it. Mm -hmm. And then I asked myself, well, do I have an actual plan to do that? And I can't lie to the dog, remember? So I had to realize, I had to actually say to myself, you know what? I don't. I always say that I have a referral type business, but what that means is that every day I come into the office uh, with my fingers crossed, hoping that the phone rings with the right person on the other end of the line. Mm -hmm. And hope is not a strategy. (laughs) That's one of my favorite sayings. Hope is is not a marketing strategy. (laughs) That's exactly right. So, So I realized, as I'm sure my dog did as well, um, that I had no strategy and I had to make a change in my business, which was a law firm, um, to become a marketing centric organization. Um, so that's kind of the answer to, to 
the why and how. That's why I turned my attention from just the traditional practice of law, the way it's always been done, into running it like a uh, a real live company with with marketing and branding concerns. That's fantastic. So then, what what were the next steps? How how did this evolve? Because you you have a book coming out uh, soon. Fire aim ready. Is that that's the correct yes. title? And um, how did you get to that point? Okay, so the next steps after I. Um, uh, realized I had to transform to a marketing centric organization was to figure out, and I I tell this, but um, it was in more halts and starts than I'm going to to um, make it appear. But I had to figure out, well, who do I want to market to? Which seems like a stupid thing because I I represent small to mid sized businesses, so that probably answers the question. But I there are always certain people, when you look at your customer list, your client list, there are certain people that you think, you know what, I love working with these people. And then there are certain people that you do and you want to do great work, but to be honest with you, you don't love them. You know, when the phone rings internally, you're just, you know, you're just, okay. So I, I wanted to, to identify those fist pump people, the people that I look at when they call me up and they say, hey, Elliot, we, we need you on this project that I'm like, yes. So um, I identified them and then I started going out for coffee a lot. Um, I would just ask them to coffee, no agenda, except I wanted to find out, hey, I'm not trying to sell you on anything. We're, you're, we're already working with you. I'm extremely grateful for that relationship. But I built my firm in order to serve you, and I'd love to get 10 of you. How do I do that? Give me advice. And a lot of people, they hate being sold, but they love giving advice. And so they tell me, you know, I might find out trade groups where where certain like-minded people hang out or, or mastermind groups, or I might find services that my ideal clients love. You know, hey, if you could do this, this would be great. And um, I started to sculpt my business to meet the needs of the people I truly enjoyed serving. Um, and to do that, you have to figure out, well, what do you mean by best clients? Are they the clients with a higher profit margin? Are they the clients that give you the best quality of life because you love them? Are they the clients that allow you to have an impact regardless of money? Are they the clients that um, allow you to do your best work that you're most excited about? You know, so either way, but you have to figure that out for yourself. So then I started to sculpt my business to appeal to them and I changed my business model from just the traditional lawyer billable hour business model um, and I started to um, design value ads um, that would appeal to them and that in, uh, is really where Fire Aim Ready came from and some other things I did with my business to teach people what I want them to know before they walk into my office. And the reason is because lawyers are often paid a lot of money to go mountain climbing over molehills. You know, the mistakes <laughs> are already made. You know, you already screwed up. So, geez, now I have to go to the lawyer's office. Kind of like why you go to the dentist if it's not a wellness visit because something already hurts. Um, and so I started educating people in a non-legalese, non-heretofore, notwithstanding the foregoing five-comma sentence way, um, as to what my ideal clients should know in order to make them more profitable and sleep better at night. That I mean, right? What you just described is a perfect, you know, we, inbound strategy, isn't it? it? It's it's figure out what they want, and then you give them what they need, 
and you educate them so that by the time they come in and you figure out who your target client is i love that you know that i i've never heard that before the fist pump people but you know that that's a great thing to say because so many people don't realize that everyone wants someone different we all think we want the same person so that's so impressive and and how did it work how 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 has it been working is it is it working well for you and you know it yes it's working well now but i'll tell you that um you know, it, I'm sure you've talked to people and you know people and you've seen them speak. You know, these guys that have brilliant ideas are overnight successes and everything comes up roses. I'm not one of them. I, you know, I'm just, I'm just not. I mean, there were certain things that I thought were brilliant ideas that landed with a thud and then I had to refine and I had to pick myself up the, off the floor and, you know, get over my depression and then just do it again. Um, so um it's it's been that was 2010 and now it's 2016 and um a lot of the things that I launched in 2010 some of them really took off but but now in 2016 6 years later there's one program in in particular that I thought would take off right from the get go and has been lingering around and it's been doing okay but now it's got real traction and it's a real engine going forward um but I'll tell you one thing that did work right from the get-go, and that was coffee. You know, that was sitting down with these people. Once I had the conversation with them that I'm not trying to sell you anything, I'm not trying to upsell you, I'm not trying to get you to take out your checkbook. What I want is your advice. How You know, um, I started having, as a matter of fact, one of the things that I did, talk about fist punt people, is I started every year, I started... Um, convening what I called no agenda dinners. And I had, there's a longer story as how this starts that I won't bore you with, but, but I wound up the first no agenda dinner, um, was about 30 people. And I looked through all of my contacts and I said, I don't care if they're clients. I don't care if they're referral sources. I don't care if it's my hairstylist, whatever it is. I'm going to only invite fist pump people. People that I think are cool, that I think, and I'm I'm attracted to people who are excited about what they're doing. They're passionate. They're they they're curious. They're great conversationalists. I'm attracted to that. And I thought, well, if I think these people were cool, I bet they'd think each other was cool. So I I put together this this invitation. I I said, look, I'm paying for dinner, and there's no agenda. I'm not going to show you a PowerPoint on my latest project. I'm not going to try and get you to buy my book. I'm not going to do anything. I just think you guys would enjoy each other. And um, it got such rave reviews that I started doing that annually and then smaller gatherings. And you'd be shocked at the business opportunities that arise when you don't actively ask for them. You just put yourself in a position to be around when they're talked about. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, you essentially made a mastermind, kind of like an informal mastermind, and and they're all surrounded around you. And but it's true. It's like when you get great people together that you know are in the same vibe and and kind of meet the same way. way wow, great things happen. Yeah, it's it's really incredible, and um, you know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't if one's a veterinarian and one is a marketing guy and one is a PR specialist. They still find things to talk about, and, and the projects and the thoughts and the energy that comes out of that's unbelievable. That's yeah, that's so great, such a good idea. 
Um, I'm, I'm stealing that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me about, okay, now, now you're working with small, medium-sized businesses. You've yeah. got Fire Aim Ready, this book coming out. Um, it, how does it help these people? What, what, what are the big problems you're solving with this? The, here's the thing. When, when I graduated from law school, my sister gave me a coffee mug that read, I'm a business attorney. I keep exciting things from happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. And I've kept it on my desk for almost 30 years now to remind me of exactly what I'm not supposed to do. Because I've seen so many great ideas, so many innovations, so many programs. Um, You know, they get developed and then legal is where they go to die. So um, what I wanted to do is talk to clients and get them to get over that hump, to realize that, for example, well, let's, let's go back. There are only two things, two materials that are generated by your business that are guaranteed to be read word for word by your customers. It's not your marketing brochure. It's not um, a white paper. It's not your press release. The two things are your contract and your bill. And too many people, too, so many of my businesses, my business clients, view those things as speed bumps. You know, we'll massage the relationship and then we'll hope that, that we have enough momentum to get over the hurdles presented by our bills and our contracts. But instead, if you view them as relationship enhancers, if you, if you um, eliminate the legalese, if you arrange communication in a way that clients understand, if you take away the five comma sentences and the phrases like notwithstanding the foregoing and you focus on the end of the story, the fire aim ready so that when somebody comes to me and says, I want a contract, can you draft me a contract or should I sign this contract? What I'll ask them is, okay, tell me why you would call me in six months and ask me to get you the heck out of this contract. Tell me a story. And they'd say, well, I guess let's say it's a uh, telephone and IP uh, contract. Well, I guess if we have downtime more than this or if response time isn't that or if we couldn't add lines or if we wanted to add another data portal and we couldn't do it or the equipment doesn't work and we've tried three times. It's all right. Where in the contract does it say that you have an escape clause for that? Um, so we, we start building the contract that way. And then I'll ask the second question, which is, tell me why after a year, um, once this contract is in, in effect, would you look back as, uh, on this contract as one of the greatest decisions you made in your business career? Thank God I signed with this vendor. Oh, well, if they did this, if they did that, if they did the other thing. Okay. Have we communicated that? Have we put our expectations in the contract? Let's tell a story in plain English. Let's communicate our best and worst case scenarios. We can still protect our interests, but let's actually not focus on the thou shalt not from beginning to end and communicate. Um, and that's fire aim ready. That's envisioning the end by fire and then you take aim and then you're ready to take action. It's the same with hiring. It's the same with management. It's the same with entering into a partnership. So what I'm trying to, the, the problem I try to solve is where 
businesses sign contracts. They don't know what they say. They let their lawyers take control over what the documents say, and they haven't thought out the business ramifications. And these documents that bind them don't serve their true purposes and aren't aligned with their vision. That's what I'm trying to reverse. Wow. That's a big thing to reverse. <laughs> yeah, it is, but you can do it one step at a time. It's like trying to lose 100 pounds, right? You just, um, you know, one step at a time. And, you know, it, it, it's funny because there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there, and, and I see the marketing, and everyone gets excited. You know, the entrepreneurs get excited about the marketing, attorneys don't get excited about the marketing. But, no. you know, both need each other, right? And uh, it, it, and there's so many businesses out there that don't spend a lot of time thinking about the contracts in that way and don't put stuff in plain English. And, and um, you know, and I actually, that's one of those things I've started doing is like in our agreements, I'm like, here's the plain English version of this that's attached. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, because, you know, the, the thing is that... Um um, everybody expects your marketing brochure to look cool and everybody expects your testimonials to say great things about you because it wouldn't be there. But to come at it from an unexpected direction where somebody reads your contract and says, wow, I want to do business with these guys. That's something that causes people to sit up and take notice. Yes, it is. It's so, so true. Um, and also it saves you a lot of heartache eh, because you're like, hey, remember it said that. that's right you signed that thing that it said in very plain english you will not do this and you will do this um so tell me a little bit about i mean do you have specific stories where this has changed people's businesses yeah um let's talk about something that that is so incredibly painful to um to business owners or to many business owners and that's uh in the hiring and firing you know, and more specifically, the firing. Um, and I've had business owners, I've sat across the table and they're agonized over this because they got to fire somebody that's been with them for five years or 10 years or something like that. And so we've gone and we've revamped their systems. And here's why. When you hire somebody, it's kind of fun. You know, they want a job. You want to give them a job. Um, there's a honeymoon period you're looking forward to. You're looking forward to things getting done. I mean, it's an exciting time. But firing people is hard. Because you know there's going to be a conversation that's not going to be pleasant. The person may be blindsided. They may look at you and they may say, well, why? I thought things were going really well. I, I had no idea. So you've got to have your ducks in a row when you fire somebody. If it's Tuesday and you know you've got to come in Wednesday morning and fire somebody, you've got to know what you're doing. You've got to be prepared to answer that question by saying, you know, I'm firing you because you lost the McCormick contract because your customer satisfaction rating is below 95%, because you're over budget, and because you're behind schedule. But what I've trained clients to do is before the hiring conversation, before they extend their hand across the table and welcome somebody aboard, they look them in the eye and they say, they don't have to say these words, but it's pretty much the same thing. Hey, here's why I'm going to fire you. I'm going to fire you if you lose the McCormick account if your cuss sat rating is below 95%, if you're over budget, if you're behind schedule. And while it's not the warm and fuzzy conversation, you can be darn sure that nobody leaves that discussion unclear as to expectations. And I've, I've been working with, with clients, I lecture about this, to have businesses change the way they look at the relationship, to envision the end. What would make you fire somebody? 
same with what would make you kick somebody out of the partnership. What would make you uh, leave your own employment? What would make you want to get out of your contract? Look at the end and then it eliminates, you'd be surprised at the amount of litigation it eliminates, the amount of anxiety eliminates, the amount of legal fees it eliminates. It's, it's a terrific system and that's, that's uh, what it does. Wow. Yeah. And starting with the end in mind, I mean, that's, it's, it's a fantastic thing. And it, it seems so simple, but it, it, no one does it. No, because you have to have space to think. And you have to – look, if I'm sitting here in my business and I know that, that work is piling up and I really need somebody to step into the gap and do some work and maybe I need a graphic designer, then I I just place my same ad that I've always placed for graphic designers and look in the same place and evaluate by the same criteria and hire them for the same salary. That's the easy thing. It's Inertia is a powerful force to deny. But – What's hard is to actually take a step back and say, all right, well, wait a minute. What would make hiring this person the greatest thing I ever did? Well, okay. Maybe if she spoke Spanish or maybe if it wasn't – graphic design is fine. But what I really want is I want her to be able to design online courses, Um, whatever it happens to be, video editing. And start designing for the best decision you ever made as opposed to just plugging the gap and reacting to crisis. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. And how do you, when the best decision ever made, do you have a system for that? Is that in the book? Yeah, I, it's it's in Firing Ready Management, which is going to be on, on Amazon. But I'm not, and I'm not going to say to your listeners, hey, I would tell you everything I know if you just buy my book. You know, I'm, <laughs> it's not one of those things because I, I tell everybody, you know, the best decision ever made, and I go through a number of industries, but it has to do with your particular vision. So the best decision I ever made, if I'm hiring a new attorney, the, I know it's one of the best decisions I ever made if one of my best clients, the ones I went out to coffee with, if one of my best clients comes up to me and goes, hey, thank God you brought in Susan. Susan's terrific. I really love Susan. Or, um, you know, before Susan got there, I had to go somewhere else for X, Y, and Z. So that's great that you did that. You know, um, it could be your banker who says, boy, your company is a lot stronger. It could be your partners who say, you know, our workflow is a lot better. It could be your support staff that says this is exactly what we needed. But you get to the people who are invested. Who do you want to give glowing reviews and then find out what they need? And if you fill those needs, let alone surpass those expectations, you answer your question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are great questions to ask and great ways to think about this. And it really shifts the mindset, doesn't it, when you're, when you're out there? Yeah. Uh, you know, when I started my law firm, I had a marketing consultant. And I said, hey, you know, because I had taken a break to become chief operating officer of a software company. So I had to come back, get all my clients back. I had a marketing consultant. And I said, go out and, and uh, market. <laughs> go forth and market. And um, he said to me, well, first, I want to talk to some of your former clients, the ones you really like, and find out why they liked you. And I knew what the answer was going to be. The answer that he was going to get back from all of them was that I was a brilliant attorney, that I knew everything they needed about law, that I was just God's gift to jury trials and <laughs> corporate boardrooms. And I was, I was probably the greatest attorney God ever placed on this earth. And oddly, uh, that's not what came back. 
what came back was they assumed that I knew what I was doing. What came back was that I returned my phone calls. You know, that, that they didn't feel like I made them wait, that I was responsive to their question, they could understand my answer. So he said to me as I'm reading these results, Elliot, you're not your clients. You don't talk like them. They don't talk like you. They don't think like you. They don't walk like you. They don't have the same concerns you do. You've got to see the world through their eyes. Through their eyes, what matters is responsiveness because they don't know what you do. They assume you're good at it. And that was a real eye-opener for me. Hmm. And so speaking of these stories, on your website, you have customer stories. Um, how did you collect those, craft those, and what, what's the response been to those? Did I collect, I hated collecting them, by the way. Um, but I, I realized that, that the first, that I needed my website to be a mirror. I needed, in, I needed my best clients to look at my website or my best prospects to look at my website and see their reflection, to see themselves and what I provide, which meant that the first words on my website couldn't be first person, I, we, I went to this college, I do this, this is how we approach it, our philosophy. It's got to be about them. Mm-hmm. And so I needed testimonials and um, I hate asking for testimonials. I... Um, and I remember one client I asked and I was so I was stammering around so much because to me it's this huge thing. Can I get a recommendation? Can I ask for a testimonial? I finally managed to blurt the words out as to what I needed. And he said to me, My God, Elliot, I thought for five minutes you were going to ask me for a kidney. <laughs> um, and he's like, Of course. I you know, I love you guys. Yeah, well, whatever you need me to do. And and so, um, yeah, so I managed to, to get my nerve up and talk to clients that I knew kept coming back to me. Um, and it's not because they couldn't find other lawyers. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a lawyer. Um, and then I sent over a, a video crew and, and, uh, camera, and then, then it came together. But the reaction has been really good because I get prospects that call me and say, hey, I saw that you deal exactly with this. I have the same kind of business, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier. It is. It is. And, it, you know, that's one of the things I tell people all the time when it comes to, you know, when it comes to your website and it comes to the stories on your website, there's only one story that matters and it's their story. Right. It, it, it's, it, we get that so backwards. And, you know, in our agency, we, we go and we help people tell their stories, but I always tell them there's only really one story that matters. And you have to put everything in the context. And I think it's awesome that, You've done that. I love, I mean, you guys should check out his website and how he's done stuff because, I mean, it's just a great model. Um, And so with that said, business is going well. You're helping other people. What's the next steps for you? You've got the book coming out. and How are you going to grow this and and, and make it your dream business? What I really wanted to do... um, I really wanted to broaden my platform. Uh, law in particular is a very geographically focused profession. Mm-hmm. I'm a Maryland lawyer. Now, I work with companies all over the country on strategy, but you know, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want to collect money from somebody, it's a Maryland courtroom. I'm not going to court in Wyoming. Um, but I wanted to broaden my footprint. I wanted to, to increase the number of people I talk to, the... the um, uh, the ability to spread my message. And so I decided that I would 
um, write the book series Fire Aim Ready, and it's four books, Management, Contracts, Partnership, and People, and they're coming out sequentially with Management coming first. And um, I would also start, uh, which we're finishing up now, a series of online courses so that um, I'll teach business owners or, um, how to um, evaluate contracts, for example, because contracts are very common and, and extremely vexing for business owners. They might be bet your business. They might not know what they're, what they're signing. Um, even their own contracts they may not understand or may not have all the protections they need. So I decided in addition to just seminars where I teach this, I'll do some online courses where I walk people through what you have to have in your contracts, what to look for in the other guy's contract, how to negotiate particularly difficult provisions, particularly difficult points, how to avoid the yes, no dynamic and and actually figure out how you can craft a solution from seemingly intractable positions. Um, so it's that sort of thing. Uh, the online courses, I have my, um, farsighted business podcast and I've got, uh, the firing ready series. So it's kind of going out beyond, um, my Maryland roots. That's awesome. And you've got a great message to spread. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of businesses will take advantage of it and it'll help a lot of people. Uh, I love how simple it is, um, and straightforward. Uh, so, that said, I, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's been a great – that went by really fast. and It's, it did go by fast. I, I Thank like, you so much. <laughs> um, that was fantastic. Um, I do have a few more questions that I ask all my guests. And one of them is besides Fire Aim Ready, what's your favorite business book? I, you know, it's such a hard question for me because I'm a business book junkie. But if I had to pick one right now, I would probably say Greg McEwen's Essentialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, because true to its name, it's it. I think the subtitle. I, I apologize to him if I get this wrong, but I think it's the disciplined pursuit of less. And it its message is again so disarmingly simple. Don't try to be all things to all people. Let's focus on what your highest and best use is. What you want to do. What's essential to your purpose. And he goes into great detail on how to do that. But I, I love the book. Oh, it's a great book. I love both his books. And, and Multipliers is a fantastic one too. Yeah, right. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's that's one of the ones I've been telling a lot of people to read, uh, both those books. Um, and the audiobooks are, ver- are great, too. He's, he's a great reader. Um, and so what's your favorite quote? Do you have one that, that you live by? Is it the, the dog one? <laughs> well, don't lie to the dog is something that I I talk about a lot. Um, I I have a couple of them. One, Bill Gates once said that, um, success is a lousy teacher because it convinces smart people that they can't fail. And I think about that kind of as a reminder to me not to get so caught up in this success, but you've got to keep learning. You've got to keep improving because everybody can can fail and nobody's entitled to success. So I, I kind of like that. Yes, so true. And also, you know, the idea that when we look at people's successes, we think that they're genius, and that, uh, like you said, it's some people we look at as overnight success, and we really don't know how, how many times they failed before that. Right, that's exactly right. Oh yeah, and and mindset. I, I love that you're always learning, and we talk a lot about mindset. But what what mindset are you working on right now? 
I think it, it's it's twofold. Looking forward and looking back, the the Roman god Janus, for whom January is named, is two faced, right? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to the new year and looking back on the old one. And so, the mindset that I I look at is first is continuing improvement, continuing learning um, to get better and to stay on message. But the looking back, I tend to be a very harsh and unforgiving critic um, of myself uh, when I look back. I'll. I'll be um, driving on a perfectly sunny day, a great road, going to a destination I'm looking forward uh, to to arriving at. And then out of nowhere, I'll have this thought that makes me wince of a time that I just said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, screwed up, whatever it was. And I've been been trying to adopt the mindset that uh, to give myself a little bit of credit for being on the right journey – not wishing I should, I could have been here at age 35 or 32 or whatever, but to appreciate where I am now. And I think it's also so hard in an age of social media because you look at everybody else's highlight film that's, that's success after success, but you know your own backstage story where you, you stepped in it and you tripped and fell or you did whatever and um, and I think it's it's to continually improve where I, you know so I can get where I'm going, but also to forgive where I've been. Oh, that's a, that's something I think we all need to. And you made a great point too, because it, it, social media does show people's highlight films, and and highlight film uh, tell people you know don't compare your practice to someone's highlight film, and it, it happens. It's so easy to do in this day and age, and and everyone's just showing their best stuff, right? Yeah, it it does. It winds up showing their best stuff. It winds up showing what they want to show people. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's disingenuous. Maybe it shades the truth, but it's all irrelevant to you. You just do the best you can. And that's what I try and and, and work on and kind of weed out the distractions. Elliot, that's fantastic. And I think that's great advice to end this on. Um, Elliot Wagenheim, it's been great having you. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Ian. I really appreciate the conversation. Yeah, it was a great conversation. So much valuable information. I think for any level of business owner and entrepreneur, the, there's it's it's stuff that you should be working on all the time, and it'll, I I think never be perfect. So you could really use this stuff over and over again. Um, your book Fire Aim Ready is going to be available on Amazon uh, by the time this show comes out, and you have a series yes. of four of them. And yes. if someone wants to get in touch touch with you and they're in the Maryland area area or they want to see you speak, uh, what's the best way to do that? Uh, the best way is uh, I'll just give the website that you alluded to with the testimonials. It's wagonheim.com. So it's W-A-G-O-N-H-E-I-M.com. Um, or I'm always responsive on Twitter at Wagonheim. And uh, I get back to people fairly well. That's what my marketing guy said to do. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Elliot, thank you so much. Thanks for all the great information. Uh, Thank you. And uh, thank you all for listening and taking Elliot and I on your journey. Uh, It's been Ian Garlic and Dow. 